We don't go find our purpose. Find yourself and there's your purpose. So if you're in that gray area saying, I don't know what I want to do, that's because you have not yet to find you. Hey, everybody, Emily Abadi here. You are listening to another installment of Hurdle Moment from Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential and, of course, have some fun along the way. Today, I am sitting down with Dr. Cheyenne Bryant. She is a psychology expert, a renowned life coach, and we are talking all about how to go after your big goals. This episode is repurposed from last year, but I would argue perfectly timed with a new year on deck. We discuss how to set SMART goals and the important step you need to take before you even put pen to paper on concepting those goals, plus the nitty gritty about the steps on the way. How can you actually succeed at going after the things that you want? How should you be breaking it down to make your goals a reality? I really appreciate so much of her wisdom and perspective on this. I could listen to Dr. Bryant talk forever. And I love her philosophy about the importance of celebrating yourself along the way to going after what you want. And I also really loved her thoughts on surrounding yourself with people that support you in whatever it is that you're after. I know it's so, so important to make sure you fill up your own cup before giving to others and that the others that you are giving to really appreciate your efforts. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over at Hurdle Podcast. I'm over at Emily Abadi. Last call out. If you feel motivated by today's episode, check out the goal setting workshop that we have on deck for January 4th. Link is in the show notes. With that, let's get to it. Let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Dr. Cheyenne Bryant. She's a doctor of psychology and a life coach. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here and I'm ready to give a, give out some tips and some tools on how folks can not just uh, you know accomplish but set goals. And for some people, believe it or not, I have a lot of clients that come to session um, and they say, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know who I am, right? So it's more than just like, like you got goals, set it, let's go get it. It's also processing um, what goals do you want, right? It's okay to not know what you want. It's okay to not have any goals because you're in that gray area space of like, I'm just figuring out right now. And so my goal is to figure out what my goals are. And I think people, especially women, need to know that that is also a safe space. And that is also a space that's perfectly okay to be in because you're in that blank plateau space where it's needed for you to empty out Right. And then say, I emptied out everything I thought I wanted, all the ideologies that I thought life would be, as we all think life's going to be this way. And we're going, holy moly, that's not how it turned out. Um, And then just have someone that helps you pick your own brain, process your heart space 
and put it all out and say, I want this, I don't want this, and now let's create. Wow, you're jumping right into it. I love this about you. We're still getting to know each other. I Before we really dive straight into the tips and tricks that we're going to offer the hurdlers today, give us a little bit of intel on your background and how you got into this line of work. When you were a little girl, did you think, hmm, I want to be a psychologist? <laughs> you know, okay, hurdlers, and I love that. You know, I always, since a little girl, have been a big on making good decisions. Um, and it's something that my best friend brought to me, brought to my attention. Again, actually a couple of weeks ago, I, um, I am dating. And so I get to cutting off people when I'm dating. And she goes, you know what it is? She goes, you are big on, on, on good decision-making. And she goes, you've always been like that since we've been kids. Cause we've been best friends since we were like, you know, 14 and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. And so just as a kid, I've always been big on good decision-making, right? And good decision-making doesn't mean that um, you're always coming out the winner. It doesn't mean that you're always coming out better than someone else. It just means that you get the best experience uh, possible and that you are able to either leverage that experience from your decision, leverage to go in the direction you want to go in, right? Talking about goals. or you are able to obtain the intent of that decision. And so again, my definition of good decision-making based on the results that I want to receive are going to be different than anyone else's because the results that we, are, that we desire are different. Um, and so for me, you know, as a young girl, I just always been big on that. And I went to school really first saying, I'm going to go to law school because I know I'd be really good. I'm good with creating a narrative and telling a story and people seeing it and really grabbing people uh, their attention and bringing them into my story and my narrative of my world. But am I really changing lives? Am I really saving lives? Am I really having a, a legacy impact on people? And not saying that attorneys can't have that, right? But for the level that I wanted to have the impact on folks' lives, it didn't do it for me. Um, and then uh, as soon as I went to that blank space, I was saying it's okay for us to be in, which is actually the magical space. And we'll get into that. Um, that's where God was able to have my full attention. He goes, okay, you went blank on me. You emptied out all of your broken ideologies and all of these ideas you thought you'd have. Now I can really come in and penetrate you. And so he started to show me my broken pieces. And I was like, oh, and then he started to give me these different tools on how to make peace from my broken pieces. And he goes, so, you know, what's up? What do you want? And I'm like, I want everybody who I come in contact with to feel what I call God's peace. And they can call it whatever they want. As long as the, the end goal is peace, uh, for me, it's God's peace. I want them to have that in their world because we are all broken in some way. And if we can have a shift in perception, which is a miracle, I call a miracle just a shift in perception, we can take our broken pieces, which we perceive to be broken, and then we can find the peace out of it. And I go, well, I got to go into the field that makes sense for me. And that would be the study of behavior and people and help them understand their self and help mm. them have a shift of perception so that they can see their world in a way that will create the experience that they want for themselves first. And then they can give that to other people. And what the beautiful thing about that was that God gave me the experience of, of, of seeing my brokenness and allowed me to create, right? The experience I wanted for myself. 
And so that I am, you know, my academics and all that stuff is pretty cool, but I am qualified by my brokenness and my pain that I fuse with other people. I'm qualified by the peace that I brought and I was able to create from that. And so I'm not just speaking from, you know, credentials and accolades and don't get me wrong. I'm, I love, I'm pro-education. I think it's amazing, but I do find that my experiences and my brokenness and me having to been there and the empathy versus sympathy I can give my clients is where we fuse and it's where I tend to heal and help them the most. And they say it, they say, Doc, when you um, self-disclose and you share your stories with us, which most therapists and coaches don't, more therapists don't, coaches do more, which is what I am. They're like, that changes my life. That makes me feel more, more equal eye to eye to you. It lets me know that you're human and um, I'm able to relate more. And that's, that's, that's what I want. I want to say, look at me. I'm all, I'm kooky too. And you know, I'm crazy too. And some of my screws, I left them over there somewhere I can't find them. <laughs> and, you know, and I don't want to put them on today, but I'm going to have the most amazing, fabulous day with some screws off. And yeah. it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, what you're talking about here, modeling that behavior is so important to cultivate that safe space. And I also love what you were talking about when you talked about shifting that perspective, which will get us here, lead us into this conversation about goal setting. You said it right off the bat, right after I introduced you that a huge issue that many have with goal setting is that in order to set goals, you have to start first with knowing who you are and what it is that you want and not having judgment. Maybe if you can't really articulate that all that well, right from the get go. No, absolutely. And, and that, and that is the safe space. So the safe space is exactly, you know what? I feel safe enough to understand that I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want. And understand that not everyone feels safe telling their, their buddies that. And let me go further, telling their, you know, their coach or their th therapist, unfortunately, that's where the safe haven is. I tell my clients, when you come in here, I have a commitment form, an agreement form that says that there's three commitments. It's to be completely wide open and raw, right? to be as honest as you can within your capacity so we can only heal the truth and to commit to doing the work and just be authentic, right? And so I think it's more important for people to understand um, that you don't have to know what freaking goals you have. And when you try to create them from the space of, I just have to have goals. I just have to have something that I want to do. I have to have these three goals and it just has to be there before I can even do anything. You create resistance. You're also standing on a foundation that's not authentically you. And so what happens is you start to, to, to process and create these goals and what happens, you get bored because it's not you. And I always tell people, we don't go find our purpose. Find yourself and there's your purpose. So if you're in that gray area saying, I don't know what I want to do, that's because you have not yet to find you. So that means what you need to do in that space is create this relationship with you. But it has to be a real relationship. Like, who are you really, right? What really do you like? I don't care if it's quirky, if it's against your family values, if it's outside of your friendship norm, if it's outside of your community, societal norms. No, who are you? And really love that person. And Start to create this unconditional love for who you are. And I promise like magic, 
I'm talking about at God's speed, as you start to know who you are and love whatever the heck comes up as you're, you know, as you are consistently, um, or should I say paralleling, shifting or changing what you don't like about yourself, all of a sudden, you know what you love, you know who you want to be, and then your goals are what gets you to where you want to be and who you want to be. Those things are easy to create once you know who you are. But be okay with saying, another thing is, I don't know. Another thing is, you can know who you are for 40 years. Okay, 40 years. This is who I've been. This is what I've stood on. This is who I'm proud. I have been proud to be. And now I hit 40, 45, or 50, and I don't know who the hell I am. Because that person I used to be, I really don't want to be anymore. I don't have any interest in any of those things anymore. And so don't go into a dark space. Don't go in, don't turn the lights off and go, oh my gosh, I don't know. And I'm 50 and I should know. And I'm 45. And all of a sudden I had it all together and I don't. Guess what? Welcome to life. It is all going to fall apart a few times if it hasn't already for you. And you just didn't know that's what was going on. But let it fall apart. Be excited about the fall part because then you get to create and build anything that falls apart. You have the, the opportunity to build and you get to pick the material like a home that you want to build with. You get to interior decorate your insides of who you want to be. Again, perception. How do you perceive your breaking down? Are you perceiving it as the ultimate opportunity to build up everything you've always wanted? Right? Or are you perceiving it as, oh my God, I'm falling apart and I won't know where to go from here? When the you know the, the former answer, which is really the truth, we're creators, and like anything. You got to build down, but you have to tear apart. I don't care if you have a beautiful, huge home and you want to do new flooring. You got to tear that wood up. But when that wood is being torn up and you know this beautiful flooring that you picked out is going in there, this marble granite flooring, you're like, can we tear this thing up quicker? You can't wait. And that should be, not should, that is a better perspective to have that will give you the best experience of your world is like, oh, this thing is falling apart. That means I get to build something up. I love the idea of the fact that you may have a very strong sense of self for a while, but something could happen to shake that. And it's okay to do a little bit of that self-inquiry and kind of come back to start as long as you have that perspective that what lies ahead of you could also be just as beautiful as what you knew before. I also think it's really important here to establish that oftentimes if we don't know ourselves wholly, or we're not really understanding, you know, who it is that we are when we walk out the door in the morning, it can lead to us like establishing goals that actually have nothing to do with our own personal interests. Something I, uh, I talked a lot about on the show a few years back was that in finding and learning a lot about myself, got really comfortable and excited about solo travel. Right. And I think that when you hear someone else is really excited about this thing, it's easy to get like wrapped up in that. And I would have listeners of the show that would go on their own solo travel. And I could tell by the way that they were sending me constant photos of it, DMing with me during dinner. My question to them and my challenge at times was, Hey, take this time to be with yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, Ask yourself, like, what is it from this experience that you want? Who are you right now? And value that time because don't do something just because you saw that I did it. Do something because you you want to do it. 100%. That was such great advice. I, uh, I'm the oldest of seven, and I always tell my, my siblings, especially my, my brother, uh, Shane, um, I say, you know, baby, we're 11 years apart. I say, baby, listen, 
Um, you know, I have high expectations. We've came from the inner city. You know, we, I was the first to go to college, uh, you know, as far as generational and, and go all the way, obviously to the, you know, my doctorate level. Um, and my brother's, um, not into the education piece. He's more entrepreneurial and he does his thing and he's killing it in his world. But I say, I've always told him, you know, I want you to use and look at me as my drive and my work ethic and me being a powerhouse and whatever else you see me. And I want you to grab the things that you really love, right? Implement them into your world. If they work, keep them. If they don't, rid them. And I won't be offended. I want you to be a rock star, like you just said, in your own authentic way. And I don't want you to feel like you have to do as I do for me to feel as though you admire me. I want you to pick the things from me and take them. And the things, even the advice I tell them that I give you, if you don't agree with those, respectfully say, sis, I hear you, but I'm going to go left. And I said, I'm going to roll with you left until the wheels fall off. And even if left doesn't get you your, to the end result and we have to go back to do it the other way, I'm okay with that. But the idea is I want you to exercise your own, you know, internal locus muscle. I want you to exercise your own decision-making muscle so that you do and you start to create what makes you as a young man happy. Because at the end of all of this stuff, from education to entrepreneurial to this amazing podcast you have, Emily, to anything else you could think of, it goes back to what you said. There are more times where the road will be you and you and you. And if you can't create something that you, you, and you can look at each other and say, listen, I, we are having the time of our life, you are going to be a world of trouble. That's when the light turns off, depression comes in anxiety comes in. And unfortunately, a lot of people can't find the freaking light switch in the dark. And for me, I'm going, listen to my clients who I invest everything I have into them. And again, to, you know, my, my siblings and and my brother, I, I just, I want, because I've learned to love myself unconditionally. I am able to give them permission, not that they need my permission, but I'm able to give them permission to choose a blueprint that's unconditional for them. And I'm able to walk that road side by side with them. And I'm able to understand when they have to depart and do their own thing. But you're 100% right. Uh, When I learned that, you know, years ago as a young girl that, hey, this road is kind of like can get lonely, even when I'm in a room full of people, if I don't learn to create a world and experience that really is beautiful for me, me perfectly perfectly created and custom for, for, for Dr. Cheyenne Bryant. If I don't do that, um, this thing's going to be really, really challenging. <laughs> when I learn to do that, I am glowing and I am in joy and I am in peace, whether it's 500 people in the room or it's just me because I've learned to fuse with the one person you will never depart from. And that's yourself. You're kind of like the flashlight in the dark room for all of those people. So we've established that it's okay to maybe not know exactly who you are and do some soul searching to figure that out. But for those that can feel confident in where they are, who they are, we're talking about setting some goals. Where does one even begin? Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that question because I'm, I always say words don't teach experience does. And so I'm like, you, you know, I don't. I don't believe in telling people 
what to do, I believe in following up with the how to, right? And then giving them the experience because the how to gives you the experience and the, the you know, what to do just gives you obviously the, the textual textbook, uh, you know, tips on how to do it. So how to do it again, once you tip number one is obviously to, you know, whatever it takes, take a long walk, sit by yourself for 30, 40 minutes. I'm big on meditation. Um, but the thing is to sit with self, let whatever comes up, comes up. Don't judge yourself. Um, get in contact with your emotions and what you feel and what feels good and what doesn't feel good, which is getting to know yourself. That is tip number one for everything in life, especially for setting goals, because then you get to know who you are and what you like and what you want. And then the second thing is you write out a, a whole list on a piece of paper. On the left side, you write down all the things that make you feel good, all the things that make you happy. On the left side, you tie into that what it would take to obtain those things. Okay. The left side of what it would take to obtain those things. After you get that, you say, okay, so from a scale of one to 10, how much enjoyment would I find in doing what it would take? Okay. The things that are eight and up, you keep on there. The things that are eight and below, get rid of them. The things that are eight and above, you tie them to what you associated, what you love to do. And you start to create a goal as to what would that goal be? What would that look like? For example, for me with my practice, I said, okay, I did Monday through Sunday when I first started out and I'm going, yep, I want Monday through Sunday. I love what I do. I want to do this. And then um, it changed over the years. I'm going, no, I want Friday through Sunday as my days off. I'll, even though I love what I do, I want those days off um, and, you know, Friday so I could do all my interviews. I can do all my podcasts, my publications and the weekends to have to, to myself so I can have a well-balanced life. But see how we spoke earlier for about 10 years, Monday through Sunday was something I freaking loved. I couldn't go a day without my clients. I mean, I didn't do it for the money. I literally loved interacting, infusing, and helping my clients and being in session. 10 years later, you know, I changed as a person, as a woman, and I wanted more me time. Now, there's going to be times in the midst of doing your happy stuff that you may want to take a break or you may feel like, okay, this is becoming a little redundant because I'm doing the same thing. Take a break. That's okay. But what, how you know if it's something that ignites you is when you take a break, you miss it. Like you will your partner you're in love with, like you will someone you're dating and you know the relationship is, is in a healthy space. You may say, I need my me time, but your me time only lasts so long before you miss that person. So I want right. you to think of your goals as a relationship because it is with yourself saying, do I miss my goal? I want you to pay attention to how you feel about the goals that you're doing. Because at the end of the day, everything that we want, i.e. the goals that we set is to get us what we want, it's only for us to feel a certain way. And that's just real. We're not doing anything for any other payoff, but to feel good or feel happy. And this is why I always tell my clients, I say, we have one goal, you have one goal, and that's to be happy. Because if your goal is to be happy all the time, and happy doesn't mean you're at a 10 all the time. Happy can be you're at a six, but you feel really, really good. You know, you're at a seven, but you feel super, super balanced. You're not blasting with excitement, but you're in extreme harmony and you feel so peaceful. And this calmness is just giving you everything you need. And so key thing is to feel good about your goals. Are you freaking happy doing this? And if you're not, don't be afraid of throwing it all the way. Woo! 
taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about my sponsors. First up, Inside Tracker. To live your healthiest, longest life possible, you've got to understand what's going on in your body. Know that people age at different speeds and generic annual blood work, it just doesn't properly evaluate your biological age. The good news is that Insight Tracker does. Insight Tracker is a truly personalized nutrition and performance system designed to extend your health span and slow down the aging process. Created by leading data scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Insight Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. Add InnerAge 2.0 to any plan to calculate your true biological age and see how you're aging from the inside out. Kind of crazy, right? Now, for a limited time, get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just head on over to insidetracker.com slash hurdle. Again, that is insidetracker.com slash hurdle to get 20% off the entire store today. Also, want to give some love to my sponsor at Future. What's the best workout program? Well, I would say that's one that is custom built for you. Future is a new workout experience that pairs you one-on-one with your own fitness coach. Your coach will map out a plan based on your goals with workouts delivered to your phone each and every week. Future, your Apple Watch, and the app all pair seamlessly so you and your coach can track your progress, celebrate achievements, and keep you accountable every day. What I love working with my guy, Brandon, is that he knows when I've got travel on the docket, and then we can kind of work together to see what's the best way to form workouts depending on where I'm headed. So right now I am in Las Vegas. It has a great hotel gym and I was able to try and mix things up a little bit knowing that I have access here that I don't have at my home gym back in Brooklyn. Like I said, these programs are completely customized and it has been the most fun I've had working out in a long, long time. Get started right now with your first month of future for just $19 at tryfuture.com slash hurdle. Again, that's tryfuture.com slash hurdle. Your first 30 days are risk-free and you can cancel at any time for a full refund. What you were saying about the fact that at one point a goal can be good for you and that doesn't mean that you aren't or cannot go for a goal that might be a little bit bigger. I mean, I feel like a great example of this is when someone starts running, for example, and they set a goal to run a mile at at that same time, they set a goal to run a marathon. Well, all of the things on that list that would get them to where they need to be to run the marathon would feel completely bizarre and outlandish at that point. But setting a goal to run one mile a couple of days a week could be a process that that same person would really enjoy. Now, that doesn't mean that there is never a marathon in their life. It just means that at that point, right then, right there, they might fi- they may find a little bit more enjoyment starting small, which leads me in to my next question for you about kind of the sizes of our goals, right? We talked about a lot of small little doables. Would you say that there is a safe way to set really big goals without setting really small goals? Or how does someone even navigate something like that? 
totally. I think that it all depends on on the person. It all depends on how uh, disciplined and committed you've been in the past to, um, you know, completing your goals. I think that for someone who, you know, just sets their goals and they're very committed, they're very disciplined, they get through them, is someone who I would say your only problem is you're dreaming too small. Go big. Go big. Go crazy. Go big. Go crazy. Stretch yourself. You have the discipline. Apply the discipline to the big goals as you have been the small goals and go big. Why are you going small now? For someone who, and this person is no, you know, less or better than the person the person I just described, but for someone who d- just doesn't yet have the discipline, the obedience and that commitment to, um, you know, complete their goals, go small. Because what happens is as we complete our goals, um, we become empowered. And so the idea is if you can empower yourself, which is the belief in yourself to say, hey, I can do this. You start to exercise your commitment muscle, your discipline and obedience muscle. And the idea is to get that muscle so big that it has muscle memories like our real muscles do in our body. And you no longer have to really exercise it. That muscle shows up in bulk when it's time to go. Of course, there are the occasional hurdles that pop up that are unexpected or ones that really knock us down and perhaps prevent you from going after that initial big goal. So what advice do you offer to individuals who do come across these unexpected hurdles and how can they keep or search for, seek out that positive mindset that they're going to need to get back up and stand on their own two feet? Get a coach. More than that, get an effective life coach or a therapist who can do it. Get an effective coach who can see your authenticity, who can see inside of you some of the parts that you've turned off because the idea of an effective coach is we go in we grab and sometimes you guys are uncomfortable with us being in there but it doesn't matter that's our job and we pull out the beautiful stuff that you go well that's not me and we're like yeah look at this that is you wow look at this you can do it you've done it before you've even completed it and guess what i got your back not everybody can afford a coach and, and I don't want to be that coach that says, get a coach. If you can't afford it, I don't know. You're just crap out of luck. That's not true. You can't afford a coach, right? Or maybe you can and you're still in that indecisive gray area mode. That's okay. Celebrate yourself where you are. Go to YouTube and go to YouTube. It's free. And you watch, I have a Dr. Bryant channel that you can watch many of my videos. I'm a fan of Abraham Hicks. I watch her like crazy. She's my go-to when I'm feeling like one of my screws is lost. Bishop T.D. Jakes, if you want to go to the, to, to the more religious aspect of it, if you want to go spiritual, it's Abraham Hicks. And when you go to YouTube, you see many other things that are there. Click on what works for you. If mm-hmm. it works for you, you allow it to penetrate you until it no longer works. That means it can work for five years, 20 years, five months. If you have grown with that thing that works and outgrown it, start to seek something else. I love what you said just there. And I think that also when it comes to these hurdles that we might face, uh, you reiterating that asking for help is important. I remember, I think it was this morning that I was watching the Today Show and there was a segment on men's health and just the alarming statistics that so many men don't even seek out like a general care, their primary care physician during the year because it's almost as though they feel as though checking in on their body is them doing too much or needing that, you know, olive branch when that's not the truth at all. The same goes for our mental health. And when it, especially when we're talking about goal setting here is that it's just so integral 
at one point or another when things aren't going your way to say, hey, like I need to do a debrief. I need to dive into what's happening here and just, you know, have some grace in that entire process. 100%. You know, what you said is so powerful. There's power in asking for help. And there's power in receiving that help. Okay. You want to go fast, go alone. You want to go far, go as a team. Be easy on yourself and allow yourself to just feel. Another thing is, you know, sometimes you don't need to do anything. Sometimes you don't need to run that mile. Sometimes it's not time to set any goals. It's time to do nothing at all and allow yourself to be okay in that space. And when I say do nothing, I'm not saying do nothing for months, do nothing for weeks. I'm saying give yourself the day if you may need the week to say, you know, I'm going to do nothing but be in my pajamas. I'm going to drink my coffee, my tea, and I'm going to sit in my emotions and I'm going to really get in contact and fuse with myself. That week can catapult you five years ahead. That's where people don't understand. This is not about who can work the hardest, who can kill themselves with this work ethic that just drives them in the ground. That's not a good quality of life that's imbalanced or unbalanced and it's unhealthy. The idea is, you know, how can I, it's the law of non-resistance. How can I do less and get more? That doesn't mean you're cheating people what they get from you. That's not what it means or even yourself. That means how can I make my mind, how can I make my law of attraction calibrate and work for me? Because we are attracting things. We are not out finding things. Finding is exhausting. That's called doing. Attracting is empowering. That's called being. And when you are just being, you will attract everything of who you are because we attract who we are despite of who we think we are. So if you really want to do an assessment and a measurement on what the heck is going on with you inside internally, just seek nothing, attract everything, and then look at it as an observer and go, oh, okay, so I'm attracting this or maybe argumentative people or I'm attracting givers or I'm attracting takers. And then you go, okay, uh, that's what I am. And don't deny it. Just say, that's what I am. Don't beat yourself up and write it down on a piece of paper and say, I don't want to be this, but I do love being this. So let me calibrate different. Let me take that out of my calibration and my, my energetic whirlpool because all we're doing are these, we're these little, you know, calibrators who attracts who we are. And guess what we do? We throw out who we are. So we attract and we project and we see in others who we are, not who they are. So start to look at people. I, I, this is a good homework for all of your hurdlers. Look at, I want you to take inventory, right? I want you to take a piece of paper out and start to take five people in your world. And I want you to write down what you see in them. And don't be biased, good and bad. Because whatever you see in them is really what you see in you. Because we see in others who we are, not who they are. And write that down. And then look at it and take inventory and go, okay, I'm, I'm a little funky over here. I'm killing it over here. I'm doing my thing. And then just take that, that list, work on it. And I want you to cre create goals from that list as to, okay, my goal is to become more of these things that I really love. And I don't want you to even focus on the things that you don't, because what we focus on magnifies, don't water the plant. We don't want to grow and then celebrate yourself. You know, we will, you can't beat yourself down and build yourself up at the same time. 
And I tell my clients, so you got to choose one. So if you choose build yourself up, then let's celebrate ourselves. Let's celebrate when we are bold enough and we love ourselves enough, Emily, to take a day or two or a week off. That's something to be proud of. You know what? I allow myself to take a couple of days off and I allow myself to be okay with it. Celebrate that. And then the days when, you know, I was totally committed because I didn't feel like doing any of this, but I did it all. And I deserve a glass of wine tonight. I deserve to be in my PJs and watch my show. Maybe I want to have a two-hour conversation with my girlfriend about absolutely nothing. I deserve that. That is celebration for me. I deserve to have a weekend vacation like Emily does solo. Then do that, embrace it, and be celebratory the entire time that you're doing it. We have to learn to feel good about ourselves, especially women and especially men who are which statistically is proven, men who don't not only ask for help, but they don't open, they're not open to receiving help. They have to start to celebrate that vulnerable space of them asking for help, right? And then receiving it and being grateful and okay with it and not feeling less than or weak because you receive something that society or learned behavior taught you, you should be able to do on your own. That's not true. Yeah. And I mean, you're leading us right into where I wanted to kind of wind down our conversation today, which is on this note of celebration and making the time to recognize that work that you have done to get to where you want to be. So what advice do you have for anyone who is in this phase, right? In this phase of completing their goal, how do they proceed from there? Totally. You know, there's milestones in the middle of your goal and say your goal takes, you know, four steps. You should have a plan that says, Hey, on step number two, I'm turning up on step number four, I'm going to celebrate like crazy and then celebrate in ways that recharge you, that make you feel like a powerhouse that make you feel so loved. And the key thing to celebration is to surround yourself with people who celebrate you too, not just merely tolerate you. And it, listen, you, you don't have to shift who you are when you walk in the room and make sure that the number one person that you're talking to and that you're having a relationship with and that you are allowing to celebrate you is a person you never depart from and that's yourself. And so it everything goes back to self. Learn how to feel really good about everything you do, even when nobody's cheering for you, even when nobody gets it and when they don't agree with it. I say you have to learn the balance of really, really caring for people and about people, but not giving a damn about how they feel about you. Not an easy space to obtain, but once you're there, man, you're in the money. You're in the money because then you can say, you know, I love you, Emily. I care about you. I got your back. You're my girl. But you don't influence my value. And that would be the healthiest, the epitome of a healthy friendship. And But that's also, also the peak of emotional intelligence, which is a whole nother show. <laughs> it's another episode that we'll do next month, maybe. <laughs> I love the idea of harmony. I love the idea of lifting one another up and surrounding yourself with people that not only support you, but cheer you on. I know it's so, so important. And so many unbelievable takeaways in today's 
episode. Dr. Brian, give the hurdlers some information. Let them know how do they follow along with you? How do they keep up with you? Give me the details. So to find Dr. B, I'm on um, Instagram and Twitter at underscore Dr. Bryant. My website is drbryant.co and that's drbryant.co, not .com. And then on Facebook, you just put in Dr. Cheyenne Bryant. And the cool thing is if you just Google me, Dr. Cheyenne Bryant, my book, Mental Detox, comes up number one. And for some reason, the universe must have felt very good about me. I come up number one on Google. So try it out. Um, and uh, thanks for tuning in. I really hope that y'all have taken away some tools and some tips that you will apply to your life. Because the truth of the matter is if you do the work, it works. Do the work, it works. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.